Welcome to The Sacramentalist, a podcast where the ancient Christian faith is brought to bear on issues prevalent in modern culture. I'm your host today on this bonus episode, Father Miles, and joining me today is a special guest. It's children's book author, Sarah Howell. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Good morning. And uh, you're a not only a guest on the show, a special guest, but an even more special guest because um, I'm married to your sister. Right, so it's right. great to have family on the show, especially family that is uh, really doing some great things in line with what we're trying to promote here at The Sacramentalist. So we're just going to jump right into this. Sarah, you have written uh, some children's books, some material that is not only meant to be entertaining and fun, but is also meant to be catechetical, to be teaching the faith to children and adults alike. And so currently you have two books that are out that listeners can go and find. But before we get into what these books are and what they teach and how they teach the faith, I just want you to tell the listeners how this idea came about and then a little bit about yourself. Okay, so a little bit about myself first, I guess. I grew up in Tennessee, um, where Miles did as well. And I attended Bryan College, um, a small liberal arts college, um, which I think was very foundational just for um, kind of my learning and understanding of theology and how to study. Um, even if it didn't specifically teach um, Anglican theology. And then um, as far as writing children's books, that's not necessarily anything I had really ever had in my purview, but um, have definitely loved uh, teaching children throughout the years. So I grew up teaching violin lessons, teaching Latin, probably other things. I was a tutor for years. And so children have kind of always been like a soft spot for me. I just have been very involved with that. And then moving to Virginia after college, I spent about a year to, I think a year and a half maybe, um, as a part-time children's minister at a small Anglican church in Virginia. And so that was kind of a good step for me. And then um, I am not doing that anymore and just stay home with my son. Um, so I do have a nine-year-old, or nine-year-old, nine-month-old, <laughs> not nine, thank goodness, um, nine-month-old son, Dawson. Um, I'm married to my husband, Luke, um, and we live in Virginia where he is uh, currently a resident. Thankfully, we just finished medical school. Well, great. And you have not been raised in an Anglican or sacramental tradition, correct? That is correct. Nope. Um, went to a Southern Baptist church for um, the first 18 years of my life. And only after being married and moving to Virginia did we start attending an Anglican church and kind of started learning about, you know, what, what Anglicanism is and what this means. And then, of course, you know, my brother-in-law um, was very <laughs> instrumental in just, you know, being able to ask questions and learn more and understand more and both Luke and I just realized um, the beauty and the intentionality that Anglicanism had that I'd feel like both of us felt like we were missing from the denominations that we grew up in. And so um, learning more about Anglicanism and, and wanting to be able to also teach our son correct theology in a sacramental view of, of the world, of everything. Right. And that's a great segue into the idea for the books and where this came from, right? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, so I guess the, the first book that I did was, um, it's called On the Day You Were Baptized. And it came about because this past May, our son was going to be baptized. And um, after he was baptized, we had received a book from our church, which was great. And I was reading through it and it's a, it's a nice little book, but I just read through it and thought, this tells me 
nothing about baptism, about what what baptism means, what infant baptism means, or why we do infant baptism, and then how to how to teach kids about what that means. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, as Dawson is growing older, what what am I going to say to him? Do I even know fully what I believe about infant baptism and what it means? And so it kind of started me on this journey of, okay, well, I want to find a book that I can get that will help me to explain to Dawson what happened when he was baptized, what what that means, what that meant then, and what that means for him as he's growing up. And I kind of started, you know, getting on Amazon and looking and, and reading the about sections for books or being able to look through a few pages and just trying to find a book that I thought would accomplish that. And I didn't really find anything. And so um, actually our children's pastor then had ordered several different books because she was also looking for something better. And so um, she let me borrow them. And so I read through them and thought, oh, I'll see if you know these are good. And, and I looked through them and, and didn't really like any of them. And so I thought, well, I know there's a bunch of books out there in baptism, but I'm just going to write one for Dawson. Um, and so I did. And um, so I wrote it and I illustrated it, which was super fun. And I wasn't really sure what was even going to come about with it or what I was going to do with it. Um, but then I sent it to my brother-in-law and said, hey, I want you to look over this. And um, well, I guess you can share what you thought when you first read it. Yeah. So I remember receiving the book and being a bit surprised, shocked, because I didn't know you were sitting in your house writing books. Right. right. Um, but I got it and I I thought, wow, this is this is great. This is this is absolutely a need in the community, in the in the conservative Orthodox Anglican world, or any really sacramental Christian world, there is a need for good, beautiful, robust in theology children's books that walk through, especially the sacraments. Um, I think we have some great materials. I think just a number of weeks prior to receiving your book, I was having a conversation with with my wife about the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is a fantastic resource that teaches the big picture of of the of the Bible of the gospel I think the paintings are or the illustrations are beautiful but the one thing I realize is that it has zero sacramental liturgical teaching inside the book zero and so as I was looking through it I thought you know one day when my son Milo is old enough to really understand what's going on as I read to him I'm gonna have to either insert things or edit as I go when I get to the part about the Last Supper, actually tell him, no, Jesus actually meant this is my body, this is my blood, even though your storybook Bible doesn't say so. And so when I received your book, I thought, this is great. This is the type of stuff I want to be reading to my kid. Yeah. So when I when I wrote the book, kind of my goal was to have something that would be a launching point for parents. You know, this book is by no means, you know, going to talk about the complete everything you can think of to talk about infant baptism. However, I think it's a really good starting point for parents to read to their kids. It kind of highlights the main points, the main things that you want to teach. And then parents, as kids ask questions or as parents feel led, can then, you know, add on or further explain different lines or different points to help give their children a complete and better understanding. Good. Well, with that, let's look at um, both of the books that you've produced so far. So the first one, as you mentioned, is On the Day You Were Baptized. And the book is written in in a poetic form, right? Right, it's, right. It's, 
it's it's got a rhyming scheme and you've done these beautiful illustrations to just bring alive the word you're trying to get across so if you could describe what are what are just two or three of the main points you're trying to communicate in that book sure um well so when i first started writing this it was a good um research project for me because i was like okay if i'm gonna write something on this topic i need to like make sure I have thought through this and I am understanding what it is that I'm writing. And so kind of my my go-to was the Book of Common Prayer. And I would just go to where the liturgy is for the service to understand why why do we wear white? And I, I mean, I thought I knew, but why do we wear white? And, and why, um, what is the Christ candle? Why is that a part of the service? Um, and so part of it was even, I think a big part of it for me was being able to illustrate and explain here is exactly what happened when you were a baby because they don't remember they don't know what happened you know they're just told that you were baptized and so it kind of gives them a visual for what happened when they were baptized so they can go back and see oh you know i was a baby and i was held you know you held me in your arms and the pastor or the priest held me in their arms and poured the water over my head and so a lot of it is a visual for them and then making sure they understand why why water what's the significance of water what does it do and i think that is probably in my opinion the the best part of this book is you dive into really some some deep theology that comes from the prayer book that comes from the bible about the big picture of water and why we use it in baptism so one of my favorite uh, pages lines is in the bible god used water as a way to make all the dead things new again the flood, the Red Sea, and the washing of Naaman gave new life and washed away sin. And so right there you have, the, in compact form, you've given to parents, you've given to kids, a theology of water from all of Scripture. These, these little moments that we say in the prayer at baptism about water, all these moments, episodes from Scripture where God uses water for His purposes, and then you connect it with baptism and you connect it with this child, the washing away of sin. Yeah, and I I think that part of the book really is for parents. Um, I've had a lot of people, a lot of friends who've said, this was really good. I didn't know some of these things about infant baptism. And so for parents to be able to understand further, and, and yeah, especially that line, the parent can then explain all of these different things, the flood, the Red Sea, the washing of Naaman, and how in each of those it gave new life and what that means and how God continually uses water. Now, I know there's been some criticism brought against this book. Yes, there has. Um, yes. Yeah, so there was a review that I, um, I don't actually know when it was published. I didn't really even know about it until someone brought it to my attention the other day. Um, and there was a review written by someone over in, I think Berlin, um, talking about the book, how they had heard, or I guess they had seen Father Wes's review of the book on the North American Anglican. And they were really excited about it, bought it. They were going to give it to a friend. And then as they read through it, they realized that they just couldn't. And most of the, um, well, all I think of the critiques and criticisms of the book are related to what the writer or what the reviewer says are the assumptions that I have as an author. Um, and so the writer points out that um, pretty quickly into the book, um, one of the first pages says that mommy and daddy, grandma and grandpa, your aunties and uncles were all there too, all there at the baptism. And so I think one of the main critiques was, what about the kids who don't have all of their grandparents there, don't have aunts and uncles, maybe don't even have a parent there? 
you know, this, this doesn't apply to them. And, and then, uh, various things are, well, what if the child wasn't baptized right as an infant or the first, um, in the beginning, it's got a, like a little certificate page where if someone is giving this book to a child when they're baptized, it, you know, they can fill in who it's presented to, who it's given by on the date of the baptism. Well, what if I'm giving it to someone years later? And sure, you know, the, the hard part of writing a book, I mean, and these are actually all things that I thought about as I was writing it and struggled with what do I do because I know that there are kids out there who maybe just have one parent in the picture or maybe they have both parents but one of them is not involved in their spiritual life you know what 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 then and um and it was really hard and kind of what I came down on especially with the whole family thing was this is of course a broken world however the the ideal for what God has set forth in scripture for a family is a mom and a dad and kids. And so that is what I want to portray. Actually, at my son's baptism, not all of his aunts and uncles were there. My father is no longer living, so one of his grandparents wasn't there. So so even even for me, this isn't a perfect picture of what it looks like for my son's baptism. Um, you know, in, in regards to if you're giving this to someone later, don't fill in the certificate page or or have the parents fill it in with their actual baptism day. You know, I think that those are kind of just little nitpicky things that I don't think are super important when you look at the whole scope of the book. I mean, really, the point of the book is not to focus on maybe who was there or who wasn't there. The point of the book is to understand the theology of baptism and the sacrament of baptism. Mm -hmm. I think you make a good point that part of your purpose was to create a book that specifically addressed a sacramental approach to baptism. That there books that were general about baptism that were nice and cute, those just abound. Yes, so many of the books that I was looking at before I wrote this were just very generic. It was generic in the details, the specifics. So that would make sure that no child felt like there were, you know, specifics different from their actual baptism because there weren't specifics. But in addition to the details being specific or the details being generic, also that theology was just super generic as well. And it didn't teach good theology. It definitely didn't teach a sacramental understanding of baptism. And so if you want something generic, you can find it. But I feel like this book is still generic enough in that the things that may be specific aren't really important. I think that parents can easily gloss over that with their kids or just even say, "Mm, yep, it was a little different, but that's okay because that's not the point. The point is, Mm -hmm. what does baptism mean? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. I know another critique within that same article was that not only are the family situations too specific, but l- the liturgical expression of baptism is too specific. I mean, you relied upon really the the ACNA's prayer book to yeah, produce this baptism. And so even for myself, I'm in a different context. We use the 1928 prayer book. So some of these things are different, but I think most reasonable adults can read the book and say, oh, well, that didn't really happen at your baptism, but that's the idea. We, we can all get behind the theology of going on because unless there's another one out there, I I don't know of. This is the best children's book I've seen that presents a sacramental view of baptism. So I'm willing, at least as a parent, to say, yeah, that didn't exactly happen at your baptism, but let's look at this page about water and being washed away or your sins being washed away. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the first book you've uh, produced. Mm -hmm. And so then you felt inspired or maybe a bit crazy to produce a second book. Yes. My husband would say I was a bit crazy, Um, but I I just realized in the first one how much much I enjoyed it. Um, I also realized 
the need for good books for kids that talk about um, a sacramental worldview and good theology. And, um, and so I decided to go ahead and write one on First Communion, even though my son is he's nine months old, so we haven't even been through that yet. But um, looking ahead, I just started realizing there are all of these books I want to have for my son that I don't think are out there, so I'm going to go ahead and write them. And so much of what we said about the first book is true of the second book. It's a very similar style in its illustrations. Yes. It's got a similar rhyming scheme yep. per page. Um, it's, it's got a lot of similar aims and focuses, and I think that it's, you've done, again, a wonderful job of bringing forward a lot of the elements of Holy Communion mm-hmm. together into one book that a kid can easily digest. You talk about everything from the Passover to the future supper of the Lamb in the book of Revelation. So you give the big picture, the scope, and then you connect that with the child right there kneeling to receive Holy Communion. And you also, of course, connect it with the, pa- the the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that is one thing I really appreciate in both books is that Christ is central in his work of salvation. Mm-hmm, absolutely. One of my pet peeves, and I've probably said it on the show before, definitely when we were talking about preaching and when I, whatever episode that was, is if you've not yet talked about Jesus dying and rising, whether it's in a book or a sermon or a talk, it's not yet Christian. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that that is in each of your books. And again, one of my favorite passages that I think beautifully explains, poetically explains to a child and also to a, it has the deep mystery that an adult, the parent reading, can, can chew on about Jesus and the sacrament is this. We kneel at the altar to keep the feast and accept the grace of God through this meal. We hold out our hands to receive the body and blood through these our sins he does heal. So you have everything right there. It's, mm-hmm. it's the body, it's the blood. There's, there's a feast, it's a meal with God. And then through this moment of, of kind of cheap bread and poor wine, <laughs> God heals our sins. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, a lot of the motivations for writing this book were the same for the baptism book, wanting to be able to use this as a jumping point so that parents can read this and explore further and and take things and answer questions that their kids may have as they're reading through and give more explanation. Um, But I think the goal of, of both of these books is to be able to take complex and deep Um, spiritual matters and explain them simplistically so that kids can understand them without diminishing or or watering down the significance of the concept. So I I hope that is what has been accomplished through those two books. Well, I think it has. So do you have any ideas for future books? I do. I am currently working on one. Um, I have mostly written it. I actually read it out loud the other day and was like, oh, I need to go back and and change a few things so the rhyming is better. But I am currently working on one that is um, really looking at the liturgy of the service or walking through a Sunday morning church service. And it just kind of looks at all of the elements of things that we do. And so the passing of the peace, prayers of the people, um, why do we cross, you know, do the sign of the cross, many different elements. And I actually had um, some friends read it and they are in the past mm, three or four years, I think, new to a liturgical church. Um, they had not previously attended one and they read it and said, "Ugh, we wish we had this when we were starting to attend this church because you know, everything was new to us. Everything was really new to our kids. And so all of us are trying to learn at the same time. And so we're trying to figure things out and then explain to our kids 
why we do that. Why, what does the sign of the cross mean and why do people do that? And so, um, I think that that is kind of my goal with this book is, is for people who might be new to it, but also just, I think for kids as they're growing up, even though they might be growing up in a liturgical church, it's a book to read to them so that as they are starting to take note of the different elements of the service, parents have this to to walk through and then explain to them what it means because it can be easy to grow up and see something done and just oh yep and that's what we do without fully understanding the the significance of each moment that sounds like again a great book are there any others brewing Um, in the mind yeah so i think i've probably got a few others like that haven't started working on but that i would like to do um i would really love to do one on the the church calendar the the seasons in the church um the colors you know why why do we use red or white or green and what what does that mean and um, the vestments that the priests wear what is the significance of the vestments why are there different things that they wear and and so i think that would be a really fun book um, because I, it'd be good research for me because I know a lot of that, but especially for the priest vestments, I'm not, I'm not really sure why they wear what they wear. So, um, that'd be really fun. And then also we, we get cold, <laughs> right? um, um, so something like that. And then, um, I've been in a Sunday school class that has been kind of looking at the book of Genesis, but I mean the book of Genesis in context of the rest of the Bible. And so I was just Um, in class the other day and I thought, oh, it'd be really fun to do a book on even just creation. Um, And and not that there aren't a million ones out there, I mean, because there are, but but looking at creation in context of the larger picture, not just, oh, this one story. And so I thought, "Mm, I'm not even really sure what that'd look like, but that'd be super fun. So there's some more ideas in there rolling around. Well, I'm sure whatever you produce will be just as good as these first two you've made and the third one that is on the way and that they will serve the purpose of catechizing kids in the ancient faith and teaching them scripture and tradition and the liturgy and the sacraments which is much needed today Mm -hmm. especially in our part of the country it's hard to do these things in the bible belt (laughs) well good um so tell our listeners where they can find your books sure so um if you are wanting to purchase the books, they are right now only available on Amazon. Um, so the title of the first book is On the Day You Were Baptized, and the title of the second one is On the Day of Your First Communion. And the links for these will be in the show notes. Um, so those are available there to purchase. And then I am working on, and by the time you are listening to this, we'll have a website. So um, my website will be sacramentalkids.com. And so on there, I plan to have information about each of the books, of course, then links to Amazon for people to go buy. Um, also pages so that you can kind of see an example of what does this look like or, or you know, what are some of the illustrations like or what are a few of the pages like so that you can kind of see it before you then hopefully uh, go and buy it. That is awesome. Well, dear listeners, I think that brings us to the end of this bonus episode of Hope You've Enjoyed This Conversation with Sarah Howell about her books on the day you were baptized, on the day of your first communion, and then upcoming works. If you don't have a copy of them, then stop what you're doing and order them now. They're not very expensive. Uh, No, they're $12 each. $12. Think of all the good you can do for your children and for your own soul (laughs) with just $12. Three easy payments. Three easy payments. (laughs) Well, good. Um, 
Well, if you have any comments about this episode or you have any questions for Sarah and her endeavor to produce books or any suggestions, you can always email us at the Sacramentalist at our email account, thesacramentalist at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter at the Sacramentalist. And as always, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.